Hello San Pedro podcast, episode 82. Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jess. And this is the Hello San Pedro podcast. Join us as we talk with locals, community leaders, business owners, and people like us who love all things San Pedro. Every week, we'll explore San Pedro's deeply rooted culture, discuss local issues, and spread good vibes. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Amanda Silva. I also wanted to say another quick hello to my co-host, Jess, who is hopefully listening. Jess and her husband are traveling for a month in Portugal, and I just wanted to wish them safe travels and lots of fun and relaxation. Anyway, we are continuing with our series on local history in honor of Angela Romero, and today on the show, we're talking to the new owner of one of our long-established and beloved local businesses here in the San Pedro community. We had such a great conversation, and he was such a pleasure to speak to, so we are going to get right into it and let him introduce himself. Hope you enjoy. Okay, my name's John Bagakis. Uh... I'm the managing partner of Big Nick's Pizza and also own the corner store here in San Pedro. Uh, I've lived in San Pedro my whole life and uh, about to celebrate big birthday number four zero. Um, I love San Pedro and I have no plans to ever leave. That's amazing. You left out one title, your Chamber of Commerce former title. Yes. So I was chairman of the board. So now my official title is immediate past board chair. And I really had fun in the year I served as board chair of the chamber. We work with so many great people in the community and we have a great board. And I, what I love about the chamber board is it's so diverse. Every business is represented. There's restaurants, there's small businesses, there's refineries, there's the port. I mean, there's a little bit of everything and that's what you want when you have a board put together like that so it's very important that's incredible can i ask a newbie question sure. so i'm new to the area um and i'm new to the idea of neighborhoods and chambers and councils can you explain what it is so chamber of commerce like to, i mean and everyone kind of has their own meaning about what is the chamber what do i get out of the chamber what does the chamber do for me i'll just tell you this my business joined the chamber in 2006 I joined the chamber for some name recognition to get our, our, our brand out there a little bit more. We were still in our early stages here at Big Nick's and it just you get to meet people. And if and, and people say I was a chamber member, I didn't get anything out of it. Part of it is on you. It's what do you want to get out of it? Because when the chamber has mixers or networking events, that's where you go and you shake people's hand and you hand out your card. And I've gotten more business and made more new friends doing things like that than anything else. So it's really like you get out of it what you put into it. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, people say I joined and I didn't get anything. Well, you have to kind of give a little to get a little. You have to make your time valuable, attend the events. We do great networking breakfasts right now. Every quarter or so we do a fun mixer. Right now there's a young professionals group and we've done coffee hour, happy hour. And I've done business with these people, not only buying food for me, but I met um, the guy who does all my framing of all my photos now, I met at a chamber event mm -hmm. and he's phenomenal. He's mm -hmm. the best. Um, but other businesses too, whether it's, you know, even I don't like Italian food every day. So I've met other restaurants at these things and use them for stuff. So that's what the chamber is. And it's also resources for your business. So especially we just came out of COVID and one of the things we really preached to a lot of the restaurants was if, you know, especially the dine-in based restaurants where people couldn't come in and eat anymore. We had a big Zoom round table with about 25 to 30 local restaurants. And I said to all of them, I said, what you guys need to do right now, and I know a lot of you don't do this and I know you don't want to do this, is get on those apps like Grubhub and DoorDash and Postmates. Because right now you just need to make sales. And you know Pedro's supportive and they will back their restaurants. But people have that nervousness early on in going out or walking into restaurants to pick up. Just get on those apps. And, and we saw a lot of restaurants do it and survive because of it. Because, you know, they reached out. But again, it comes back to they were reaching out to the chamber. What can you offer us? We were sending restaurants and small businesses info on 
Here's where you can get PPP. Here's another a grant that's out there. Here's, you know, masks and stuff. Here are things you need for your business so you don't have to spend the money and it's money coming to you. And little things like that come in really handy when you're trying to survive mm-hmm. something we've never been through in our lives and hopefully we don't have to go through again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wow, that's cool. It's like a resource organization for small definitely, businesses, definitely. businesses of any kind. Absolutely. And I mean, oh, they cool. do more that's than awesome. just that because they obviously have an impact on the economic what's going on in the community they will have you know they hear about projects coming to town and you know they hear it and the board votes on it based on what our membership and what is good for the community mm-hmm. a good community is good for business and it's good for our small business community if there's more people walking the streets downtown if western avenue is clean and if all these little things if there's a little bit less homeless on the streets and we can prevent all that and we have clean looking streets it's better for our locals. It's better for town visitors coming in off the cruise lines. So it all comes together. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's It sounds like such an incredible resource for people who own businesses. You know what I mean? And like how valuable is it to have the ear of other business owners, you know, available to you in case you ever need it, you know? And the great thing is, is you don't even have to have a business to be a member. You can be an individual person. Mm. And Wait, we could join? Absolutely. Hey. You can hello. join it as the Hello SP <laughs> podcast. Yeah. We've been invited to their mixers, their um, happy hour. Oh, cool. Because the, the last one was over here at their new... Um, it was at the Crown Plaza. The Crown Plaza, yeah. like their newly redone patio. Um, yeah. Patio. It was wonderful. We had about 30 people show mm-hmm. up, some non, not even from San Pedro. Mm-hmm. And it was great to mix and mingle with them and trade business cards. That is so cool. And you never know what relationships develop out of that. Yeah. You need so. your business cards. I know. We do. I have <laughs> That's a good reminder. I know. Definitely. <laughs> Um, we are focusing on history this month in September um, in honor of Angela Romero. Um, so you are now the owner of the corner store, correct? Correct. And you guys just celebrated 75 years. In July, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, Congratulations. Thank you. It's, it's funny because we did a ribbon cutting, like a re-grand opening anniversary ceremony. And everyone's like, congratulations, 75 years. And I'm just like, we've been here six months, yeah. you know, but yeah. we'll take all the credit. But it goes to all the owners before mm-hmm. who kept it going. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it opened July 3rd, 1947. Wow. My mom's family wasn't even in this country yet. So July, I'm sorry, July 4th? 3rd. 3rd. So right before 4th of July, right before. 1947. 1947. Wow, incredible. And we did the party on July 3rd, 2022 for 75 exact years. Oh my God. Uh, it was really fun. We had a little block party, um, had some live music, barbecue. Just wanted to kind of give people a little sneak peek of what we want to do with the store. But the history of the store is, is in, it's insane. It's gone through name changes. I mean, it's gone through a lot of different looks inside. Well, that's what we're going to start with. So we want to ask you some more specific questions about the history. Sure. And whatever you, whatever you can provide, we'll take it. Um, and then we want to get a little bit more into you, your background, and your vision. So first, you told us it started in 1947. Yep. Um, Did it open as the corner store? It was called the Ideal Palisades Market. Hmm. And that neighborhood is the Palisades neighborhood mm-hmm. of San Pedro. So that's what it was called. And was it what it is today? It was a full market. They sold eggs. Wow. They sold bacon. They sold toilet paper. Right. They It was oh, a little grocery store. Grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And I only know that because we have the original ad hanging in the corner store from July 2nd, 1947. That went in the paper, grand opening tomorrow. And uh, I actually had it reframed really nice at my friend that I met at a chamber mixer's uh, framing shop. Uh, And it's just beautiful. And it's just so cool to see things like bacon for like eight cents a pound. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they were sell toilet paper, two rolls for like 10 cents. I mean, it was just weird to see how things were sold and how cheap they were in 1947. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. It was cool though. It's really cool. Do you know how long it stayed like a grocery store? So this, I'm glad you mentioned Angela Romero because this was one of the things I really wanted to talk to her about the history of the corner store. And, and, and she's so good at archives and digging and how many years was it that before the next person bought it? And then it changed names to, the Lucan market, I think. And then it became the little store mm-hmm. before it became the corner store. Mm-hmm. I don't have all the years, yeah, but it went through probably before we took over at least six ownership changes, wow. at least probably even more than With that. With the 
to, to borrow the Chambers title with the immediate past owner being yeah. Peggy Lindquist. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peggy's amazing. She's, you know, really been the one who had it for, do you know how long she had it for? I think she had it for about 12 to 14 years, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's always been the owner as long as I've gone there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people know, I mean, you kind of know the owner in, in, in time. And Peggy had it from 06, 07-ish till just the beginning of this year. And, I mean, she put a lot of heart and soul into that. She brought in more stuff on the menu and kind of created a vibe for the neighborhood and started a lot of like little neighborhood events there. Like they do a Christmas event. They do a Halloween event. They do, you know, Easter events. They do so many little things that she brought to that neighborhood and people love it. And obviously we're going to keep some of those great traditions going. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask also, do you know, well, she told me in 2020, you know, because I actually had time to like walk around and that's my favorite neighborhood to walk in with my son. And he still will ask, oh, let's go for a walk by the Peacocks, you know? So that's our favorite place to go. He loves getting his little cart. So you're going to keep those little carts. The little right? carts are okay, still yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> so he loves to keep his little, go to his little cart and shop and get a little candy and a little toy. Um, and, and that's like one of his favorite things to do. Like it's, I know that's going to be a lasting memory for him as a, as a, you know, an adult, that's going to be his childhood memory. Um, now one of the things she told me in 2020 was that, or she did make me aware that she was looking, but she was, as far as I know, she was being very particular, Mm -hmm. you know, she didn't want to sell it to just anybody. Right. So I've, you know, I grew up on that side of town and with friends that lived right around the corner from the corner store. And, um, when I used to go to their house, I mean, it was natural. Let's go get chips and sodas at the corner store and ride our bikes on the coast and go down to Royal Palms because the street was still working then and still one piece. <laughs> I just learned that. Yeah, we would love to get it fixed, but it's going to take more time. Um, but Peggy was, I spoke to her in 2019 and I just maintained going there occasionally and having lunch. And, and it was just a quiet space. You could just kind of lounge. And she said to me, I'm looking for a buyer. You know, I'm ready to retire. She had had an injury and and it was kind of harder for her to work the long days. And she said, can you help me find a buyer? And I said, I'll ask around. What are you looking for? And she kind of gave me the price margin. And I said, okay, let me, you know, let me ask around. And, you know, there wasn't really a lot of interest, but it's hard to buy a store. I mean, there's only a particular crowd that's going to buy a store, a market, a restaurant. So, you know, it kind of just faded away. And then she kind of called me back and she said, hey, any luck? And I said, no, I haven't had any luck. And we had talked a few more times. And finally, I'm in there one day having coffee. And she goes, John, why don't you just buy it? And I said, Peggy, I have a lot of work to do at Big Nick's. She goes, I don't want to just sell it to any. Any developer could come in and buy this, level it, and put apartments up. That is the last thing I want to see for a store that's been here that long and the neighborhood relies on it. And I said, as someone who loves Pedro history, and, and we've lost a lot of great places over the years, I would hate to see that too. So I said, okay. You know, she sent me some numbers on kind of how the store ran. And I just wanted to look at it. And I brought my partner at Big Nick's down. And I brought other restaurant partners down. And I said, what do you guys think of the space? And what do you think of what concepts we could do here to increase um you know sales and and keep it profitable going forward and after a lot of discussion we kind of came to the conclusion that there's a lot of underutilized space inside the store and outside the store but the patio like that's a gem and the weather on that side of town is so much cooler than the other side of town yeah so once we started to kind of talk about it crunch some numbers um we we really went all right we're going to we're going to give this a shot and see if we can get the loan, get the funding, make it all work. And it took a lot longer than we thought, but we were finally able to close the deal. It was about a year process, mm-hmm. which is a long time. I mean, Peggy wanted it to be to be done overnight, and I don't blame her. She was really tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you have to let the legal things kind of take their place and it takes forever. The entities, yeah. the health department, ABC, because she does have a beer and wine license to sell to go because mm-hmm. it's a store. Yeah. And you can get beer there. So you yeah. can buy beer and take it home. You can't open it on site yet, but that's in the future goals. Okay. So I think I know the answer to this question, but who's the we? 
the we as far as who bought the store. So it's me, who is the primary, the majority owner, I guess you could say. Uh, my good friend Chuck, who grew up in San Pedro and near the corner store. And my mom. Wow, she yeah. is the, the, the minority, the third partner, and she opens the store every day. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so she goes and makes the coffee. And so you knew that answer. I kind of knew that answer because I read the, the the interview and I'd heard that it was you and your mom. Yeah. I didn't know about your friend who had yeah. grown up there. That's pretty yeah, he awesome. he doesn't live in San Pedro anymore, but he's here a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, I love this opportunity. I think it's a great idea. Let's do it. Yeah. What does your mom have to say about it? You know, it's a different, it's different for her. She's never been in the restaurant business. She's always been in like packaging and, and you know, sales kind of just, it's a totally different vibe. Um, she's used to being on the phone with clients and, and kind of setting things up for them. Now it's, you know, hi, how may I help you? And then going and make it a sandwich and, you know, so it's much and, and, and managing employees. It's customer service. Right. Yeah. And yeah. managing employees. Right. So it was, it was a little bit of a culture shock for her. She's starting to get settled in a little bit better now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she's, she just kind of was like, you know, if you give me, I'll invest if you give me a job because I don't want to commute to work anymore over an hour to work back and forth mm-hmm. and you know i'm not going to work a lot more years but what years i have left i'd love to stay local kind of do it at the store you know i'm closer to my family so we thought all right let's get mom off the freeways and just keep her in town I love that's that. awesome yeah i love yeah. that, I love that idea. owning you know your own business yeah yeah you know, and it's tough. Sometimes we argue with each other, but we argued with each other even before the corner store. So, you know, it's <laughs> nothing different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fun. So, yeah, that would be, I think, the only concern about going into business with family. is. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. it's stressful because you're always with your family now. I'm at work, I'm with them. I'm at home, I'm with them. You know, and I go to dinner at my mom's house, I'm with them. And it's just like, okay, mm-hmm. we need a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finding some space, yeah. yeah. My my memory was um, we fell in love with Pedro. My husband and I fell in love with Pedro a couple couple of years ago when my sister was living here, and um, the the Royal Palms area particularly was like magical. And on our way back, we just so happened to cross over to that street where the corner store mm-hmm. is, and fell in love with the entire vibe and the market and the fact that there's like this grocery supply store nearby yeah. and like neighborhood market um and then particularly the soda pops like my husband was like all about it yeah Yeah, he was like wait look at all these flavors and sodas and such but um anyways i like love the the notion of it and it's nice that you've bought it and want to continue the legacy in some form or fashion renewed you know yeah um and then be able to maintain it as that yeah and i mean to me it's it's really you know of course i would love it to make a lot of money and and retire on a beach in Greece someday, but that's a long way away. You would retire out of Pedro? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, hey. If you've been to the Greek <laughs> If it's Greece, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, as long as it maintains itself and it, it can survive, that's what it's all about. I mean, like I said before, we lost a lot of great places in Pedro. I was a big, fi- I'm a big supporter of the waterfront development, but my favorite place ever was Portsacal Restaurant. And we lost Portsacal Restaurant. And it hurts me still to this day. But I understand going forward that, you know, we're going to have great new things down there. Mm-hmm. We deserve a world-class waterfront. Because mm-hmm. I remember once I turned 21, as a kid, spending all of my money in Long Beach, Hermosa, and, and other beach cities. And why shouldn't we be staying local? Mm-hmm. And why can't we get other cities to come spend money here? Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. Yeah. Portugal restaurant. Oh my gosh. My mom, we celebrated my mom's 50th before, before it was torn down. And that's a memory we'll always have. Um, they got married at Portugal too. Yeah. And you know, so that holds so much history for many of the locals. And it was, it was really sad to see it go. It yeah. was like very hard. Well, you know, everybody has like a, where were you when this happened? Like, yeah. where were you when 9-11 happened? And where were you when the year 2000 hit? I was at Portsacal Restaurant. Really? Yeah, for the year 2000. Yeah. You were celebrating New Year's? New Year's Eve. We were at a, a big Italian party uh, that was in the ballroom, the big ballroom downstairs. And 
the stroke of midnight, it was the year 2000. The Y2K. Yeah, the Y2K. <laughs> Did all of the electricity just go off and all of a sudden, like, there was no computer records of anything? The, the party went off. That's about it. Everything else still worked. So yeah. it was good. Yeah. That was funny. That was a, that was a funny time. I remember it was. my parents buying water bottles, like, extra water and all this stuff. And they're, I just remember them shrugging and being like, I don't know. People were freaking out. They were taking all their money out of the bank because yes. it was going to all reset to zero. I yeah. remember. I mean, I was like 10 years old, but I do remember that. And I remember like staying up till midnight waiting for all the lights to turn off, you know, yeah. um, but it was fine. It's yeah. so funny. It's just natural course. Nothing happened. Um, going back to the corner store and the soda pops that you mentioned. So, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the changes that Peggy brought into the store. Do you know any of those? I know she brought the toys in. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a popular thing, especially with schools right around the corner. Um, White Point Elementary, especially. Um, she did bring um, more of the menu in, more of like the lunch. I mean, she worked at like Knott's Berry Farm and did a lot of other things. Yes. So oh, she wow. knows she was able to get creative. And bring in things like hot dogs and stuff like that. And and they're popular. So those aren't going anywhere. Now we're going to add some new stuff. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to keep something that works. If it works and the neighborhood loves it, it stays. Mm-hmm. And the toys work. I think it was a little bit too much for a yeah. store. So I feel like we should just take a minute to paint the picture of the corner store. Because when you walk in, first of all, it is, you do feel like this kind of comfort vibe right so you have some furniture you can tell like some um older couches they Mm -hmm. look a little vintage you know maybe from the 90s or so but you have this um really amazing setup of um i think it's like all refrigerated right so on the on the wall there's a front yeah yeah so it's all refrigerated and it has like soda pops like i mean that's really what you would refer to them as because they're either vintage or just special and unique and you know what those sodas there's there's like 85 different sodas i know and i mean we'll get so to 100 soon many brands and when we took over like obviously we could tell which ones were popular i mean there's four doors that are just filled with sodas like four doors four shelves each mm-hmm. and we just i thought okay well we're gonna keep the popular ones like all these different root beers some you've never even heard of mm-hmm. some that are unique to like one part of the country and they ship them across mm-hmm. and then we started thinking when i started looking at the catalog for all these sodas First of all, it took me forever when they emailed me the catalog. I was sitting at my desk for like hours scrolling and scrolling. But I thought, okay, I want to carry sodas with either a cool looking bottle or a cool name. And that's what I did. I just picked out a lot of cool looking bottles and cool looking names. Because you're attracted to a bottle or you're attracted to a name. So like there's one called like Love Potion. And I'm like, that's a cool soda name. And kids like love it, and they yeah. think you know potions. And you can stuff. you can totally imagine giving that to somebody like on Valentine's Day sure. or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. There's one called there's one with a, a pirate on the bottle, and I'm like, this is Pedro. <laughs> We're the pirates. We have to have that bottle. And then there was another one, and you know, not to make it political, but it's called this is a grape soda. It's called Make America Grape again, <laughs> and it's got a picture of the United States in purple grape. And it's actually kind of a funny looking bottle and people buy it. They love grape soda. So it sells really well. Mm-hmm. But things like that, just catchy yeah. little things. Catchy things. Along with the classics. Yeah. And she also has like a snack and candy section. And what I love about it is that you can buy a candy for like 50 cents. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, I can give my son some pocket change and he can actually shop for candy. Sure. With just like a few cents, which I, I actually yeah, really Yeah, you still love. have like the individual pieces of gum and like yeah. you can get licorice and, yes. and sour worms or whatever yeah Yeah, so the kind of like pick your own is like very cool and then in now i remember it when it was like full up right her her toy section the children's section i remember she had an entire rack this is like a few years ago but it was full of puppets (laughs) and something that i don't really share all that much because it doesn't come up because why but like my parents actually started a puppet ministry at the church i grew up at and so i'm technically an amateur puppet all right. <laughs> yeah. So if I see poor puppetry, I will be upset. Yeah. And feel the need to interview. I'm making a note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my gosh, you guys could totally do puppet shows. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so I remember their puppet rock. I also remember just tons of toys and a lot of Melissa and Doug. So I remember having a conversation with Peggy about this. She wanted those like more natural toys, you mm-hmm. know, the ones that are like old school and actually get kids playing as opposed to like 
battery operated type of toys. Right. Right. I loved her vision for that. Um, and then another thing she told me too is that she always wanted the corner store to be a place where, you know, the neighborhood kids could have their first job, you know, which right. is very true, which right? Which is still very true. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's the vibe of the corner store. Yeah. So the toys, yeah, when we took over, there was a lot of toys, big stuffed animals. And I, I mean, I thought, what are we going to do with all these things? And some of them sold, but some of them kind of sat there. And now that toy volume is actually really diminished. There's almost nothing left. A hundred percent. And and yeah, you've noticed. And, but and we've looked at it, and we've we still talked to Peggy about what should we bring in. And I've even talked to the owner from Rock and L, who's carried Melissa yes, and Doug. Carolina Ryan. would be great. Yes. Yeah. And she said, "I'll help you." But even some of the teachers from White Point said, "Carry some educational kind of toy stuff that where they're learning at the same time, more arty kind of." You know, stuff like that, artsy and, and things like that. You know, they don't need these big toys and things like that. We love and look forward to the toy section. Yeah, so we're so. actually working right now on a, a delivery uh, and an order for some new stuff. That's so, so exciting. cool. So yeah. the toys will stay. A section, the, toys the toy section. It won't be as big as it was mm-hmm. because our next goal is to bring a little bit of that market aspect back. So that's something I wanted to talk about too because already in the corner store you have um, – you have local photographers putting up their work. You have local artists putting up their work. And you're selling homemade things from different artisans in the area. Right. And as of last year, I believe, you have been hosting the pop-ups for right. the, you know, the local small makers. Business. Yeah, yeah, small yeah. businesses. Yeah. So tell us more about that. So the pop-ups are great. And that was one of the things, the first things when we took over is I reached out to the organizers and said, keep coming back. Because it's early on, we want people to come in, shop, have lunch, and see what changes we're making. And they were very small, but small is are noticeable okay. for a store that hasn't changed for 15 to 20 years. So we love the pop-ups. There's yeah. some great vendors. Actually, I'm talking to a few of them right now about carrying some of their items in the store. Mm-hmm. One gal makes really good hot sauce. Mm-hmm. And another gal makes spices and seasonings. So when you go home and cook dinner, you can use the spices A bite of good. Yeah. A bite of good, and yeah. Talking, are you talking about La Chingona? Chingona, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, Her stuff sells. Her yeah. stuff sells. It's so good. And even we sell coffee cakes at the corner store. And Natalie from, um, I forget what she calls her company. I took one bite of her coffee cake one day. When I had it, when she was doing a pop-up at Dominic's Pizza, and I bought a coffee cake, and I go, oh, I have to sell these at the corner store. They're so good. And there's a market for it. Her donuts are good. Those she does, Yeah, the Those little Italian. She makes mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. She really does. But that's what it's about. Like, you want local stuff. We have a lot of great local bakers. Yeah. And, and those little other local kind of vendors that one makes soaps, one makes, you know, Candles. One does charcuterie, candles. Like those are cool little things. Some are sold in the store, but it's a good to offer them a space to have Mm -hmm. to sell them. Mm -hmm. So it's fun. And it keeps people coming to the store. And and some of the vendors have said to us, We like we like it here. We see we feel like we get a lot of more sales and and you know, people walking through here because they're gonna go into the store and grab a soda or a sandwich or chips or whatever. And it's on the coast, and the weather's good. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's you know. great. Location. It's really a whole vibe. Yeah, it really yeah. Is. And yeah. I want to, I want to speak to some of the changes that you have made. And you talked about it already. That patio, mm-hmm. that patio is huge, and that's where the pop up really takes place. Is right. on the patio and right there in front. Um, and so, in the future, what are your plans for the patio? So Peggy knows this, and I told her this from the moment we were going to buy it. I said, you know what, Peggy, your patio, I hate it. <laughs> And I didn't hate it because of what it can be. I hated it because of what it was. And it wasn't utilized. The brick was, it was, you know, it had been years. And the bricks were, it was not level. It was kind of an insurance liability. I was really scared to even have it open. Um, so I I used a guy and I he, he, friend of a friend, and I said, I need this patio redone. And he, he said, I'll do it. And he ripped the whole thing out and was closed for about a week. And he just put this beautiful, like, light tone um pavers down and it's gorgeous Mm -hmm. and then the wall on that side was like a bright orange red and i had it just painted white and now it's just such a nice light feel good kind of setting Mm -hmm. and my goal like i'm i'm a european descent on both my mother and father's side my goal is like europe feels good and outdoors feel good and i want to make it feel like kind of you're in that vibe Mm -hmm. so 
patios paved, some new furniture, more coming eventually. And the big picture goal is get our beer and wine license to serve on site. And then maybe string some lights up Ooh. and make it feel like you're in Italy or Greece. Mm-hmm. Like you're on about, vacation. Yeah. How about wine and charcuterie on the patio even at night? You know, oh, nighttime at the corner store. Give the neighborhood a spot to go. Yes. We can just go down the street and have some drinks and hang out and yeah. then walk home. No driving. Just walk home. No driving. You know, so you don't always. I love downtown San Pedro, but you don't always want to be downtown. Sometimes you just mix it up. Yeah. And if you're in that neighborhood, yeah. why not give it to the neighborhood? Oh, that sounds amazing. And it's like a nice little bike ride around the area and then like end up there. I could totally envision that. I feel like that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, we get a lot of people on the weekends just coming through from biking, from hiking, walking their dogs. They stop and have lunch. I want to give them a setting where they're like, let's stop and have a burger and a beer, you know, and let's just hang out for a little bit. So that's the goal. Wait, can I put in my own little recommendation? Because I'm not a mom at all, but I do have two dogs. And I was like, could it be potentially dog friendly? It is dog friendly already. Oh, it is already? Yes. Oh, okay. People are out there every weekend with their dogs. And you breakfast. can go sit. Oh, nice. And my mom usually goes and feeds all the dogs, too. I love yeah. that. And there's usually like a, a bowl of water, too. Yeah. There's oh, a big nice. bowl in the front. Nice. Even people who don't stop just walk at their dog by, the dogs stop and get their water. Get their water, water. Yeah. yeah. Community dog water. Bowl. I love yeah. that. I really yeah. do love I that. I do. Hey, real quick, just wanted to remind you that we have a Patreon. So if you're loving this episode and you've been enjoying the podcast, we'd like to invite you to check us out at patreon.com slash hellosampedro. By becoming a patron, you'll also get access to weekly bonus episodes. For example, in this week's bonus episode, you will get um, an extended interview from John Bagakis, where we talk about some of the restaurants that are rumored to come to West Harbor, but also San Pedro in general. Um, it's a fun conversation, so we hope you enjoy. Back to the episode. All right, so before we get too much into some of your visions and some of the goals that you have with sure. the, the corner store, I want to get into you and your background. Okay. So before you were ever, you know, part of the corner store, the owner, you were always a big deal in town, I think. I don't think I was that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everyone well, loves the pizza guy. <laughs> just knows. So he's always been yeah. a big deal. He, yeah. Everybody loves Big Nick's Pizza. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've always known about you because you were part of the Chamber of Commerce, you know, and um, I... I think everybody's known you too because of your business. So could you give us a little bit of background, actually into your background? Sure. Who are you? Okay. So, well, I was, like I said, born and raised here. Mm-hmm. I've lived in San Pedro my whole life, so except you for- went to Pedro schools? Leland Street Elementary School, Dana Middle School, Pedro High, class of 2000. Wow. Boom. When I was in elementary school, they're like, you're the class of 2000. We're like, what does that mean? Like, okay. And it was kind of like the year, like it came and went, nobody really cared. But um, it was, you know, to say double zero is the year I was, I graduated high school. Yeah. Um, It's fun. And I lived in Pedro my whole life, except for about 18 months when, you know, it was cool to move out on your own. And me and my friend moved out and we moved all the way to Lamita. And after (laughs) after about 18 months, I thought, because every single day of that 18 months, I drove into Pedro. And I thought, this doesn't really make sense. I should go back (laughs) because I'm driving all this way back and forth. So I moved back to Pedro. And I've been in Pedro my whole life. I love Pedro. My mother's family came here in 63 from Sicily. My mom was born in Sicily. Oh, wow. My dad's family came from Crete, which is the biggest island of Greece. And they ended up in the Bay Area in Oakland, California. Um, And my dad came down in the 70s for work. He did construction. He did drywall. A lot of places in town right now my dad did drywall of. Everybody loves the green onion right down the street. My dad did all the drywall for the Green Onion. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and they met in 79, got married, and I was born in 82. So people still, uh, you know, I'm the young guy in the business community, but I'm going to be 40. So I don't know if that still qualifies as the young guy, but it's it's fun. I love Pedro. Uh, Big Nick's opened in 02. I wasn't there when it opened. I came six months after in April of 03, mm-hmm. and I've been there for 19 years. And we just celebrated our 20 year anniversary. Wow. Whoa. So, and I'm, and I try to be as involved in organizations. I'm, you know, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I'm on the board for Encore Theater Group, which does a lot of shows at the Warner Grand here. Uh, I was in theater in middle school, so I loved theater. Theater actually was kind of what got me out of my shell. You know, I was shy, I didn't speak a lot. But once you get through theater, you know, now you can talk in front of groups of people. And, and you know, the Chamber has me host 
the awards every year and 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 it's fun i love it i'm actually having a minute sorry i'm actually having a minute trying to imagine you as shy that's like very yeah (laughs) well and i was gonna say theater explains why you have such a good projection yeah you learn i mean theater teaches and i you know there's so many things kids can do after school and there's a lot of bad things they can get into that's why i tell people get your kids into an extracurricular activity whether it's sports theater and i say theater is so underrated because it's a safe haven. The kids really develop new friendships and it's actually good for them going forward for speaking, for public speaking. It's just, it's so important. Absolutely. In a world where everyone's texting and emailing and on Twitter, you forget the true roots of things like theater and just speaking to people is yes. so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And I'm also on the board for Little Italy, uh, which is our newest thing in Los Angeles and stoked that it's here in San Pedro. Um, and big great things to come there what else do i do well i'm I'm half greek so i work the greek festival in redondo beach every year my parents were married in that church wow yeah so it's a lot of my best friend is half greek and um would take me to that greek festival there and his friends were like part of that church group too and calamari every year and then we drink and dance and have a good time. I and mean, people look at my social media feed and they're like, everything's about Greece or Italy. I'm like, well, I'm Greek and Italian. What do you want me to do? So, uh, yeah, it's That's fun. awesome. Two really big cultures to like be they a part are, of. They are. And, and I'm very proud. Um, the Italians, I mean, we eat so good. Well, the Greeks eat good too. But the history of like the Roman Empire and the Greeks invented this and that. And, you know, we, we make fun of the movie a lot. We invented this, put some Windex on that. Yeah. You know, we have really a lot of fun with it. But That's so funny. And I mean, I grew up with my grandparents watching. We grew up watching like soccer from Europe. I mean, as kids, like on Sunday after church, we were watching soccer from the satellite dish and we knew all the Italian players and, and that's who we grew up rooting for. And all my American friends are like, do you want to go to the baseball game? And we're like, no, we're watching soccer. They're like, what's soccer? You know, because it wasn't that big in this country. Now it's starting to really grow. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I love, I, and I'm really proud of my parents' roots. Not only the Italian Greek roots, but my dad was from Oakland. So I still have cousins in the Bay Area. I love going to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to, you know, baseball games, A's games up there. We used to go to Raider games a lot up there. Mm-hmm. Now they're in Vegas. It's a little bit closer. I'm kind of mad that they moved, but I seem to be the only one. <laughs> Um, but I, we love the Dodgers too. We go to Dodger games. So, you know, we just keep it local. We, we oh, have fun. I'm surprised a lot of people do have like some type of attachment or connection to the Bay Area. Yeah. Jess has, she lived in the Bay Area for some time too. Yeah. That's kind of why I fell in love with here because it just reminded me of like Oakland a lot. And yeah. The Bay, Bay Area is a great yeah. vibe. You know, this is the coolest vibe, but the gray area, the Bay Area is so much fun. It's so unique. There's a lot of culture there too. San Francisco has a little Italy and, and, they have a great waterfront. I mean, great restaurants, walk the walkability factor. I love the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. I could do it over and over and over. Just go visit and, and eat great restaurants too. So, yeah, good food. Oh, yeah. yeah, awesome. I'm excited to kind of see where ours goes and like what it brings to, you know, our town. Um, okay, so let's go back into like Big Nick's. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? So uh, I started in April of 03. Actually, it was April 1st. April Fool's Day was my first day. Um, boy. Now, now, did you know you always wanted to get into business? No. Actually, as a college student at Cal State Long Beach, mm-hmm. uh, after Harbor College, of course, because every Pedro boy goes to Harbor College first. I went to Harbor too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a journalism major. And no this, way. again, after theater, I wanted to be either a sports writer or a broadcaster. Actually, when I was a kid, I wanted to host Wheel of Fortune. But he still hasn't retired, so that job's not available. Uh, <laughs> it may be up soon, yeah, so you never know. You, know but, you never know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but um, it was weird because that was my goal, and that's what I really wanted to be. And and it's interesting because that field has transitioned a lot to internet and media, like that way. Instead of, um, I mean, they're still broadcasting, but it's it's just changed a lot. It's more digital. It's more yeah. digital. And um, I got a job, a part-time job at Big Nick's just to deliver pizzas. Just a little bit of extra income. And sure enough, a year goes by and I'm still there. I'm now I'm the assistant manager and I was serving the tables. And another year goes by and now it's 05. And there was a little bit of a, I wasn't a partner. I was just an employee. But the current partner, my partner, and the partner at the time, there was a little bit of a falling out. 
it happens in business so they went separate ways and you know the store was doing okay but not great um so he said to me my current partner he said to me at that time he said i think i should close this store and just cut my losses and just you know i don't have anyone to run it it just doesn't seem like it's going in the right direction and why keep putting money into it it's just it's the old and he's been doing this for 30 years he knows his stuff and i said to him i wouldn't do that if i were you and he says give me one reason why i go i'll give you a couple i go number one look at our location right on channel and gaffey which was a growing side of town mm -hmm. and i said we're right near the port we're right gonna have a little gateway to wilmington there's a there's a base of customers that are looking for lunch every day there's a bunch of mechanics around us you know we we've never we've never reached out to schools and that's important and i said to be to be truthful you need a pedro guy to run a pedro restaurant and i go you guys are long beach guys you don't know anything about pedro and he goes this is what he said to me he goes well you're a pedro guy then you can run the store and i go oh I don't even know how to run a restaurant. I just know how to take orders. And, and he goes, I will teach you. And I said, okay. So he started teaching me about inventory and food cost and, and management and just, you know, all those things. And sure enough, six months later, all of a sudden we were becoming profitable. I joined the chamber. Uh, we were reaching out to schools. We, they were building condos down here in downtown San Pedro. We reached out to them and just gave them flyers like, Hey, we just give this to every person that moves in. We want to buy them their first pizza. Mm -hmm. And we gave them a certificate and then stapled the menu to it. And we have so many customers in the lofts now that stem from that. You know, just it's marketing and you have to get your name out there. But um, and have consistency in the kitchen. And that was one thing we lacked, too. So we make we changed some things. We changed the sauce. We changed the dough and we just kind of a rebirth. And that was 05. And here we are in 2022. And you know, we've we've done great every year since. So it's been quite a journey. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, I mean, we just celebrated 20 years and I just go, man, I don't know if I have the strength for another 20 because a lot went into that first 20. But it, it when you see the benefits in the, at the end, you know, I was able to buy my first house because of the success there. I was able to buy the corner store because of the success there and kind of reinvest in San Pedro. So, you know, that's kind of the journey, but it's been a hard journey. There was a lot of, tough times i've almost missed weddings family mm. weddings friends weddings a wedding i was in i almost missed um because of the journey of big nicks and i mean i wouldn't change anything now i'm you know you i was learning as i was going so i may have done things differently now looking back but i'm grateful that i went through some tougher times to kind of figure out okay this is what i can do better next time mm. and and I think today we've got a pretty good build. At one point before COVID hit, we had 52 employees in that restaurant. I mean, between serving staff and kitchen and a lot of part-time delivery drivers because we work around kids and their school schedules and their college schedules. And we want kids to work. You want to get them into a field and get them some work experience. Mm -hmm. And I remember that as a kid, like I would do my resume and there was nothing on it. Mm -hmm. And I tell kids all the time, you need something on your resume. So I'll give you a part-time job, you know, let's do a good job. Cause you, when you leave here, you want to leave here for something better, yeah. not for something worse. Mm -hmm. If I fire you because I have to, that's really not good. But if you work here for six, eight, 10 months and you find another opportunity, you have something to show on your resume, they can call me. I go, so it's kind of, and the same, the corner store kind of has the same thing. A lot of first time kids that are just getting their feet wet with a job. So it's exciting to see kids like get excited about working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and develop fun. their work ethic too because that's yeah. the first time you're actually doing it um something i wanted to that you brought up just now is um the difficulties of owning a business i mean it's so true like i work at a i work at colossus right now and i see how hard like kristen and nick work like day in day out and how much it, like that gets mm -hmm. put in and sacrifice too you know in essence yeah. like having to yeah it, it never stops and, and like a pizza shop really never stops. I mean, we're open 363 days a year. I only close two days the whole year at Big Nick's. Which days? You can want to guess. Thanksgiving and Christmas? You guessed them both, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'm telling you, I go in both of those days. 
you know, I put the money in the safe and just check the inventory from the night before. Do I need to order anything to be delivered tomorrow? Because we're open again. So I'll be in there an hour and the phones will ring off the hook. And I think to myself, oh my God, should I be open? And I go, I can't. It's Thanksgiving. It's Christmas. Like I, I would never, I just like, couldn't do I that to the employees. The mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're open New Year's. We're open 4th of July. We're open Easter. They're all busy days um, because a lot of the other places are not open. But it is hard. You know, every year it's something, right now the, the supply chain is having issues and there are things we are struggling to get or if we can get them, they're expensive, which means you have to raise prices and minimum wage goes up every year and now it's $16 an hour. An hour. Is it 16 really? 1604 <laughs> technically. Um, and I mean, like COVID hit and like our supplier, we were getting chicken wings from Buffalo, New York. They went out of business. Like COVID hit them hard. So now we have to transition and like find a new wing that our customers have loved for 15 years. And how do we do that? So there was a lot of, you know, trial and error. No, this is no good. This is no good. And, you know, you when you try an error, like customers try stuff and they may not like it. They go, oh, they're changing stuff. The normal person doesn't know that. But things like that just happen. Pastrami went up to nine dollars a pound during COVID when it was, you know, four fifty before it like doubled. I mean, if I sell a pastrami sandwich for 10 bucks and it costs me $9 a pound, I'm losing because I have to pay staff to make it. I mean, there's a lot of things that come into it. So it's a tough business. Um, It's tough when it never stops. I mean, even when I'm on vacation, I'm working. My phone's on. I'm getting emailed orders. I'm getting texted orders. Um, So it's it's tough, but you just kind of go with it. That's the name of the game, so to speak. So, Well, um, a couple things that you mentioned. First of all, Yes, the sacrifice of the business. I think so many of us dream of having our own businesses someday, but we don't realize like how much hard work that it is. You know, just saying that you miss, you almost miss like multiple weddings, you know, which are big once in a lifetime, you know, deals for a lot of family members. Um, The sacrifice is, is obvious. And I think big thank you to you yeah, <laughs> for, keeping, right. it, for keeping right. it going. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I heard when you were telling us this story is that you've done this before. So like, you know, we're talking about the corner store. You've already kind of proven your success at revitalizing and invigorating an existing business. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can kind of get into some of the ideas that you have for the corner store. Yeah. I mean, um, the corner store is different than Big Nick's, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, pizza and pasta different. is a different ball game than sodas and chips and, and, and that vibe. Yeah. Um, and it's also like very much a cafe. I, you know, let's go get a coffee. Right. And it's and a chill. market and yes. it's it's not as much a restaurant, even though a lot of people do come in for lunch. Um, so when you talk about what we want to change it, you know, again, obviously the patio thing is is number one on the list. Like and, and in L.A. County. To serve beer and wine, you have to have full-size ADA-compliant restrooms. The corner store does not have that. The corner store has a little dinky restroom in the back that you can barely fit through the door. And they're very nice to let me and my son use yes, it. Yes, they let a lot of people use it. But we need real restrooms there. So I have to build that out. So that's an investment. And then, you know, the patio repaving costs money. That's an investment. The beer and wine license process, that's an investment. It costs money. You know, just the whole, dec- I just painted the whole store inside because it hadn't had paint in a long time. And it looks so beautiful. I almost don't want to put anything back on the wall. <laughs> um, but it feels so good to walk in there and just that nice fresh coat. Um, but that's an investment. And even, you know, I'm kind of cashing in like all my favors right now. Like my buddy does paint. I'm like, I need you to paint this store and give me the best deal you can give me. My other buddy does construction. I'm like, how much will you charge me to build two restrooms here? He's like, well, let me do some math. I'm like, be nice. Dude. I'll sponsor your kid's soccer team again. <laughs> yep. So it's all the little things like now it's like, okay, I have to kind of put these things in place. I kind of inherited that at Big Nick's and it was just kind of cleaning up the mess. This is kind of really re- rebranding and rebirthing uh, something that, well, you're kind of building on what it didn't have before. I mean, Big Nick's, we added things. We added beer and wine. We didn't have it before I started managing it. So we added that. And then when next door became available, we expanded and put a little bar. And so all those things were kind of added to the core we already had. And now it's like adding a different essence of core to what the corner store is. So it's tricky, but, and, it, and it's, a pro, you know, people think, what have they done? Nothing's changed. It's been six months. Well, things take time and 
I can't just knock walls out and build restrooms. I have to get approval from the city. And, you know, there's a lot of processes that have to go through. So you just have to kind of let the process take its place, let time run its course. And my goal was by next summer to really have everything in place. So I've, you know, started the clock now. We have, what, nine months. But that's really was my goal is the summer of 23 that be outside having wine and charcuterie on that patio. Mm. So. Mm -hmm. Nice. What are some things that are staying? Obviously, the sodas are staying. You know, the funny thing is, is I changed the coffee right away. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really a big fan of it. And um, I tried a couple different vendors and I found this one I like and it's just really good. And my concern was every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, there's the same group of 10 to 12 older folks that are they have their morning coffee every day. Every Monday, Wednesday, You're Friday. You're talking about the regulars. Yeah, they're the mm-hmm. regulars. Mm-hmm. So I thought... If I switch this coffee and I upset those people, these are the longest standing customers of the corner store. I'm going to be in trouble. So I told them, I go, hey, I'm going to maybe switch the coffee. They're like, it better be good. <laughs> and and when I brought it in and I walked in one day and I go, how's the coffee? And they all gave me the nice thumbs up. I go, Whew, I avoided nice. that one. Mm-hmm. you know. But they love it. I mean, they're really excited to see it. And they said, they were like, you're not going to take away our tables and chairs, right? I'm like, you're... Your tables and chairs aren't going anywhere. I go, maybe I'll give you a new table and new chairs. They go, oh, we might like that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I kind of like the vintage look. Of yeah, the old I tables do. And I do chairs. too. Yeah, I love it's that. cool. Mm-hmm. What, the first thing I did too is she had a lot of like big shelves. When I walk into a space, I want to see the space. Mm-hmm. So I took all the big shelves out, even the candy shelves. I bought like lower little I saw those. wood rounded and honestly, things. They worked really well. They, I mean, as. I'm totally coming from a mom, but like my son, it was better for my son. Yeah. You know what I mean? For his shopping. Abilities. Sure. And I mean, I know <laughs> and that's that, the oh, target. It's, yeah. it's easier for kids to grab <laughs> off right. the smaller shelves, mm-hmm. but then you see the whole store. I, I, I have people who I swear told me, I didn't even know the corner store. I could buy a six pack of beer there. And I said, yeah, cause you couldn't see the coolers cause these big shelves were blocking them. Mm-hmm. Now those shelves are out of the way and you kind of can, Oh, mm-hmm. th- this is a big space. It yeah. actually feels it bigger is big. in there. Yeah. Um, and then we brought like Brewery West beer in to sell to go. Like mm-hmm. I want to have local beer, but I don't want to always sit at the brewery. Yes. I want to just lounge at home and watch the Dodger game. Mm-hmm. I can buy my dog ate my homework at yes. the corner store That's and go home. Beer. And yeah. <laughs> so there's little things like that. And there's still more to come. And just it just starts small and you just yeah. build on build it. Off of it. Mm-hmm. I just recently brought in um, some shelving on the back wall and I brought like some pasta in and some sauce and like anchovies and artichokes and olives so you can buy like little jars and just kind of like a mini Italian sneak preview like to buy stuff to take home. Mm -hmm. Not full market, just let let me get something on these shelves. Mm -hmm. And as we, you know, again, like chingonas hot sauce and then maybe a bite of good seasonings, then we start to fill these shelves in and all of a sudden you have like a little mini market, but my theme is kind of more leaning towards import kind of market, Italian European Mediterranean based items. We have a lot of Croatians and Italians in town. So I feel like that's the right vibe. I love that. And I, I love think this it, idea. it does go really well with the overall vision, which is to kind of make it feel like a Mediterranean escape, right. you mm-hmm. know? And when you think about like, we have great import markets. We have A1, we have Perosi's. Mm-hmm. These are wonderful places, but they're on this side of town. I was going to say, they're, they're, they're way over on here. On the other side of town, there's no market like that mm-hmm. in that coastal neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I think, okay, there's a market for it here to do it here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not going to come flying off the shelves right away. We have to really fill the shelves, promote it, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. What other visions do you have, like dream, you know, moments if you will, like that Mediterranean, getting some, you know, wine. Yeah, I mean, and- I would love to, and we did this at the anniversary party, is we barbecued in the back. I brought a mobile barbecue back there, and we made, like, chicken kebabs, and we had chivaps, the Croatian sausage, and we did a couple other things. And I thought, okay, I, one of the greatest places that has popped up recently is Whiskey Flats, the barbecue spot on Pacific. And I drive by it every day. It's actually three blocks from my house. So on the weekend, sometimes I pop in there and grab lunch. It's delicious and it's barbecue. Well, I thought, and someone said to me, get a smoker back there, barbecue at the corner store. That would be awesome. I go, you know what? That's their thing. I'm not going to steal what they're already doing and they're successful and people love them. I go, but I could do a different version of it 
and make it a Mediterranean barbecue. So I'll do kebabs and lamb chops and chivaps mm-hmm. with Greek salad and, you know, sausage and peppers and, and uh, you know, rice and, and uh, pita bread and, and kind of Mediterranean style stuff and get those smells going through the neighborhood. And all of a sudden, like, if you want real barbecue barbecue, you can go to Whiskey Flats. If you want to try Mediterranean this weekend, come to the corner store and mm-hmm. you can get kebabs and lamb and all that stuff. And again, my thought was, this is a, a very Mediterranean kind of town. A lot of people from the Croatian coast and, and Italy, and that would sell here. That's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think we can get into some of our regular questions, right? Um, so something I like to ask every guest while they're here is, what is what are some things about San Pedro that you think um, could be done better? So like concerns that you might have or areas of improvement for San Pedro? Okay, that's a tough question because there's... Just spill it. I mean, no, yeah. Uh, it's hard to like not think in current times. So like we talked about the Sale Del Mar. Like I wish it would reopen. It's the pathway. That's a beautiful drive that people forgot, I think, how beautiful that drive was. Yeah. And, and it's your pathway down to Royal Palms. And I'm not just saying this because I own the corner store. And it would probably be good for the corner store if it was open. But it, it's just a beautiful place. And a beautiful thing to see. Um, you know, okay, yeah, we everybody has a homeless issue. I think what Pedro people don't realize, how bad it is in other places compared to here. Like, we actually have it pretty good. And I know there's some bad problems. And I drive down Pacific every single day, and I see nonsense. And it really irks me. But then when I drive downtown or in Inglewood or another city, and I go, oh, wow, this is so, so bad. Okay, um, we're, we're almost wrapping up. But second part to that question, I think Jess has a question too. Um, second part to that question, what are you most excited about? What am I most excited about? Oh, I'm most excited about a lot of things. Uh, the 6200 seat amphitheater is very exciting. Um, if I don't have to go all the way to Hollywood Bowl, Hollywood Bowl for a the show forum, and I can just yeah. walk to, to the... So the venue, like how amazing is that? And then grab a bite to eat afterwards and then stroll up to 6th Street. I mean, that's that's where you really know you've kind of made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. Little Italy, like being a board member, I'm biased, but I'm really excited for more businesses coming to downtown. Um, the Warner Grand is going to close and do renovations, and that's a historic place. I'm really excited for things like that. I'm just excited for Pedro as a whole. We're kind of getting on the map here a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited. One of the reasons we're doing this focus on history, though, is because there is that concern of like losing our charm, losing our history. Sure. And so we're taking this time to really see what's going on and do a check in, you know, and also talking to people who are actively kind of preserving the history. I think you becoming an owner as opposed to some developer or like somebody else who doesn't have that interest of preserving the corner store. That's history in itself. That's history being preserved in itself. Right. You know, no matter the changes you make, it's not going to be like an apartment building, you know? Yeah. You could look You're, at it and say something like, okay, would you rather have me own the corner store and just change the whole thing? Or would you rather not have the corner store? Right. You know? Yeah. And I feel like your changes are not so out of reach. They're really just a reflection of who you are and your vision and what you see San Pedro like as far as their needs are, you know yeah. what I mean? That community. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's like a totally acceptable change and you're still not taking away from the function of the corner store, which is a neighborhood, like, I it's think you want to make it an escape, but yeah, it's a neighborhood staple yeah. and it's a place where you can go to get your coffee, your bagel, your breakfast, your lunch, you know, and now will be a place to get, you know, first of all, it was always a place to get your soda, snacks, candy, but now a place to get a beer and a wine. Yeah. Some that's, spices. That's in the future. Yeah. 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 I know. I can, I can see like, you know, a family being at home being like, what's for dinner? You know? And it's still like afternoon-ish, right? And just be like, you know what? Let's do something. Let's do Italian. Go go to the corner store. Get me the pasta. Get me get me the spices, right? Yeah. Get some beers. And, and we then, can cook at home. And yeah. we'll cook at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? So We're bringing back family values. <laughs> I actually think you are. Yeah. I think you are. Honestly, that is like the vibe of that place. I mean, it's when exactly I was a kid, I, we were, my mom was specific. When that sun sets, you better be sitting at this dinner table. 
for for I mean, I mean she cooked every night and that's not the vibe anymore like i go out to dinner every night people always see me out they go you're eating here you're eating there i go yeah i'm, I'm i don't cook i'm a single guy i don't have anything in my fridge at home but like ketchup so i go out to eat a lot i support all my local businesses and my friends who own restaurants why not we have great places to eat mm-hmm. yeah i love absolutely. that so speaking of great places to eat my favorite question to ask people is what is describe your most like favorite san pedro day particular oh, to you that doesn't involve work right <laughs> that would be your ideal day right Not um, wow so i mean my typical day right now is get up go to the gym at 5 a.m and you know go home get ready for work stop at sirens get a coffee she has this great costa rican blend um go to work work lunch at big nicks then maybe go out to lunch um maybe hit the Bruco at night for the game and, and just kind of, you know, that's a Pedro day. But like, ideally, you know, I love breakfast at like the omelet and waffle shop. Like, I just love the omelet and waffle shop. I love the diner too. I love Rex's, which doesn't get enough credit. There's so many great places to eat. The diner, you're talking about Pacific Diner. Pacific Diner. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, omelet and waffle shop is my favorite and I've known Mona and Leslie, the owners, for 30 years. I've been going there since I was a kid. Um, but a Pedro day is like go to Royal Palms and, you know, grab a sandwich from Sereno's or, you know, and just go hit, hang out. But or hit the beach or like real Pedro's like the escape is like get on the Italian Express and go to the island for the day. Like I love doing that. But um, and then dinner to me is I mean, I lived in the lofts downtown about 10 years ago when it was still not what well, it was still growing. And I mean, we would I would get home from work change my shirt and walk downstairs and grab a drink at the Bruco or mm-hmm. dinner at, at Neil's when we had Neil's and, and, you know, I mean, just that's a Pedro day is just kind of enjoying the town. You know, when you don't have to leave your town, like that's the perfect day to me. Mm-hmm. So I think you touched on so many Pedro things. I know. Yeah. yeah. Some really yeah. good. I don't staples. like to leave anything out. The, <laughs> the sandwich at, at like Sorrento's. Royal Palm. Yeah. So Sorrento sandwich at like Royal Palms was like very much a common thread that we heard. Like for me, it was like, you know, a Busy Bee sandwich at Point Furman, sure. you know, or yeah. like at sandwich the Korean Bell. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And everybody would name their their favorite sandwich, right? Yeah. Like we, we really got into it. But that's like the quintessential Pedro day. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do to make it a Pedro day. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, you could go, like you said, the Korean Bell. You could hang out there. You- um, you know, some people have said like the Chori Man burrito and a hike or like, you know what I mean? Like taking it for a sure. hike and then enjoying it in front of a view. Food and a view is like the yeah. Pedro day. <laughs> There's even like underrated things to do in Pedro. Like, you know, just even like 22nd Street, like walking the marina is okay, is yeah. is such a cool thing to do. I mean, I used to put my earbuds in at night and just walk the marina and just kind of get your steps in. But what there's no better I just view. did that recently took yeah. the dogs out at night and then we just like walked all along that that marina area yeah, and if you have a house with a view yeah like where I happen to live right now there's a, a roof deck I'll go up there at night and just watch the boats go by and just hang out and just enjoy the weather and and in the summer here like come on does it get any better than what we're doing right now so it, it you can't beat it just open a few windows and you get that breeze that's it. you don't through. need ac down on that side of town just yeah. open the windows yeah you know something i want to say that's um like remember we went out to dinner at barramy so jess and i had dinner with another friend at barramy and it's that moment where you're looking down sixth street and you see it looks like buildings are moving right it right and it's just that it, it wasn't the cruise it was a container ship you know oh, right but it's just i love that i yeah. love of seeing like a container ship like the the livelihood of the of the actual port you know what i mean so yeah. i feel like that's just something that is cool. cool and i'm glad you mentioned barami because we have a lot of like unique restaurants that are, especially newer ones barami's one i consider them newer mm-hmm. and then the french restaurant mm-hmm. on 7th street and it's just so good to see all these new places coming to town and i always try to like really get out i mean i have my like top five but like i really like try to branch out and go i've never eaten there i gotta try this place i gotta try this place mm-hmm. 
and you you know it's hard to like crack your top five when you've had the same top five for so long. Right. But. I'm the worst, by the way. I will literally order the same thing from the same place every time, unless someone drags me somewhere else and introduces me to something right. new. I mean, I'm not going to do it for myself. Well, it's not it's not a Pedro thing. If you don't walk into the restaurant, they know your name and they already know what you're going to order. I mean, that's Pedro. Because mm-hmm. so, we do that at Big Nick's. Like, oh, here comes Joe. Start get the pastrami out. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> just it's just we know. I mean, I walk into the Green Onion and they already tell me what I'm ordering. I, they're like, John, the usual. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love that. The usual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I think we captured it for the main episode. Yeah, so, totally. Thank you so much, John. You're welcome. Yes, we really you. appreciate your time, and we appreciate what you're doing with the corner store, and we're so excited for your vision. Yeah. I can't wait to like you know for us to go down and get a glass of wine and hang out. And, and like, I'm so looking forward to that. It's yeah. The goal. I mean, again, and there's still land in the back that's just underdeveloped land that we haven't decided yet. Do we make it parking? Do we make it private parties back there? I mean, there's just so many options behind the building. Behind the building, there's oh. land too. So yeah. there's there's more to come. We just have to kind of solidify. There's so many ideas, and you have to settle on the one that you feel works best. Mm-hmm. So you kind of weigh all your positives and negatives and then just go all right this this should work right so, that's really exciting yeah it's cool. exciting well thank you so much you're welcome thank you that's all for our episode follow us for more on instagram at hello sp podcast huge thanks to rock ashfields at palm realty boutique for providing us such a gorgeous recording space And thank you to all of our amazing Patreon supporters. Leave us a review and share this episode with your friends, neighbors, and coworkers. See you next week.